On the Zero Wasted Days podcast, I want to inspire you to push the boundaries of what's expected in your life and your business, to challenge norms and your growth edges, and to go after the most audacious dreams because I've seen for myself that anything is truly possible when you have a vision and are ready to go after it. Are you ready to jump in? Let's go. So this week on Zero Wasted Days, I have welcomed and interviewed Leah Picard and had the juiciest conversation. We spoke over an hour and actually we've done something for the first time here on Zero Wasted Days, which was we split this episode up into two different episodes. So today, the first part of this episode is coming to you. Now you are going to love this conversation that I had with Leah. I met Leah years ago in a mastermind. We've stayed in touch and she truly is a soul sister of mine. She is a healing focused, nature obsessed, you will hear avocado loving rewilding mama and teacher she truly loves helping women just like you kind of come back to themselves through natural living making soulful connections and really coming back to wild wellness so I really hope that you love this conversation drop a comment in here wherever you're watching or listening to this episode I look forward to hearing your comments and then also don't forget to check out the next episode when the second half drops Oh, I have Leah Pickard here and I am super excited. You are going to absolutely love this episode, the energy, everything that Leah just embodies when it comes to zero wasted days. Leah, I am going to let you do the intro of yourself. Leah's coming in from the most beautiful beach in Florida (laughs) and Leah and I met inside a mastermind about four years ago, I think it was, good old Amber, Mm -hmm. who's connected me to so many other people. And we've just been in touch ever since. I love everything that Leah stands for. And she just has a really unique perspective on everything, healing, nature. She'll tell us about how many avocados she eats every day. She is just a (laughs) wilding mama and a wise teacher. So welcome, Leah. Oh, thank you so much, Suzanne. And I feel like we were like magnetized to one another because though we both wish it was not as rare as it is, it can be pretty rare to find people who are willing to say every moment matters, right? Mm. That every moment has such deep meaning and that we're going to look for what's beautiful in every moment, even when we may be feeling grief, sadness, joy, whatever it is. And that was really what happened for me is that I said to myself after an illness that happened because of mold toxicity, I Mm. said to myself, I'm no longer wasting time, right? Time is this beautiful asset and every day will be something that brings deep learning, deep joy, deep grounding in some way. So I followed a dream just like you did. Mm -hmm. I'm always inspired by you. I followed a dream to live at the beach. I followed a dream to walk with my family every night at sunset. I had a vision literally of it. And within a year, we made it happen. And so I'm able to be there every morning, every night, during the day, anytime I want at the beach. (laughs) And then I also am really called 
by my own experience with becoming ill, having dis-ease, disease, mm. to help other mamas create homes that are safe and healing for their families because I know what it meant to do that for my own. So that is one of the things I do. I also love homes so much. So I also <laughs> sell, I also am a realtor and sell real estate as a side hustle because I just love going in homes. <laughs> so home, cool. So cool. Yeah. Home just matters a lot to me. The concept of home, home in our yeah. bodies, home in our communities, home in the physical spaces we inhabit and home on mm. the planet, home on the planet, home in nature. Yeah. And just as you yeah. said, I am nature obsessed. <laughs> I have to send you, now that you've just said that, when we finish, and I'll put it in the show notes, there is an awesome TED talk on about home. And it, it was mm. all about thinking about home in a different way. And the man who did the TED talk is called Pico ER. And I know there are so many people that listen to this podcast who are adventurers, who are wannabe nomads, who are pats, who have similar values to us. And living away from home sometimes makes you question, what is home? I'm heading home to another home yeah. to Canada this month. And it's just a really interesting conversation. But tell me then if the mold exposure in whatever home that was, was the dark time. What did you, was it physical ailments and symptoms that kind of came to the forefront that made you say, hold on, we can't put up with this anymore. What was the kind of unraveling that then made you stop in your tracks to change tact? Oh yeah. I love that term, the unraveling. <laughs> I had a moment where I was at physically so sick where I really could not live my life. At the time I owned a yoga studio. And so I was an entrepreneur with the brick and mortar and mm. which I know that experience too. Yeah. And I could not leave the house. I felt mm. like I couldn't play with my baby. And he was, let's see, four at the time. Little. And I had a moment literally where I would stand up and everything would swirl. Like I had a very severe vertigo. That was one of the mm. things. And I had this moment where I was crawling in and because I knew if I stood up, I would be so dizzy. And I was crawling to my room because I was like, I have to go lay down. And I'm not, and just not even kidding. He was behind me and he was like, mommy. And I was like, okay, I'll be back in just a little bit. It almost just brings me to tears. Mm -hmm. Think about it. And so I went into my room. Thank you, Universe Divine Intervention. I put on a podcast and I heard someone say, if you are lucky, you will have moments when you will be brought to your knees. So here I am literally having crawled in knees. there, right? <laughs> on my knees because everything that is not you will be stripped away. And what you will be left with is the you that has been hidden under all the layers of the mm, should'ves, the mm, would'ves, the mm. social conditioning, the expectations, our own beliefs and expectations. And really that moment is when it became, this is not happening to me, this is happening for me. Mm. And soon after that, while I was sick, my father had a, a relapse of lung cancer. And not long after that, he passed away. Mm. And in the moment, 
my mom had called me and said, I don't think it's going to be very long. I went to my home where I had grown up and I said, that's it. I'm starting an online business and I'm just going to share the experience that I've had. That is it. So I'm literally mm. recording the first podcast <laughs> I ever did. I'm recording on the, I think it was about eight days maybe that I was there with my mom. I'm recording during the time that my father passed away. Mm. I'm recording the first podcast that I ever did, which was mm. called Happy and Free. Yeah. And it was, talk about freedom, right? Mm. The freedom that I can be in that experience, having myself having gone through that, having come through that that darkness, right? Mm. And use the darkness to finally look mm. inward, which mm. we are asked to do, but we keep <laughs> so pushing. many times. Yeah, so many times. Like the body, the body is all the things, but for me, yeah. in my case, it was the body that had been telling me and I was ignoring. And then mm. to be literally there as my father is dying, yet I'm talking about happiness and joy. Mm. And a lot of people would say that's very Pollyanna or that is just skipping right over emotion. And I was very much in grief. I was mm. in sadness. And I believe that the freedom comes from the ability to feel that. And I can mm. still feel those things and know that I can be in joy in my mm. life. Right. Mm. And to know mm. that things are happening so that there can be wisdom that is imparted to me that will start to live within me. Like that wisdom will now start to live within me. Mm. So that can then become whatever it is a lighthouse, a beacon, so that I can mm. share that experience. It literally became the moment of purpose in my life, right? I just shared a quote the other day, which was be the lighthouse, not the flashlight or the torch, depending on where oh. you live. And I love oh. that, that analogy. And then all along for me, I'm always seeing so many analogies with nature and sowing business and sowing seeds and yes. blossoming and all those things. And then all of these analogies of the sea came flowing through for me after I was mm -hmm. talking about the lighthouse and the beacon. And it's so important for all of us to be that lighthouse for other people, regardless of the darkness that might be going on at any point in time. We can hold space for both. There is that this duality of grief and joy at the same time. It's life, right? I think we have to be able Absolutely. to be, learn how to do that. Absolutely. And part of our cultural inability to do this <laughs> yeah. stems from the way we have cut ourselves off from mm. collective, in particular mm. women. In particular, mm. women, you can actually look at women's hormones change when they are with other women, change for yes. the better when yes. they are with other women. We have cut ourselves off from that collective. And so much of my experience and the big shift that came for me after that is mm. that I was trying to move through this world alone. I was trying to move through this world, disconnecting from the deep divine feminine that lived within me. Mm. And post that, everything became about how can I reconnect to that 
And Mayor, yes. I do not believe that is possible to reconnect to that without being in some form of community or collective with other women. I just don't believe that it's possible. And Amen. <laughs> were we there, right? Were I there when I'd had that experience, I would yeah. have known that the duality is possible. But because mm. I was feeling like I was in the darkness, because I was feeling so alone, I was yeah. not feeling that. I was disconnected from that. And it seems trite to say, but there is a reason why the vast majority of cultures in the world create a village for raising children and yeah. create a village for women to be together and mm. often mm. around their bodies. My previous life was as a cultural anthropologist and I studied health and wellness mm. and what made people healthy, live long lives yeah. versus what made people sick. So here mm. I am studying this for years and seeing and watching yeah. the way that so many cultures have rituals that women get to do together and mm. knowing our rich history of this that was very intentionally dismantled in the history of, in particular, like American and Canadian mm. and European mm. culture. That yeah. was dismantled intentionally to yeah. remove that power. And so I think so much of what I felt while my story was very specific to a physical was a disempowerment, right? Yes. For me, it was like it manifested in physical ways, but it was a disempowerment. My re-empowerment, my becoming whole again, heal means to whole. My part of my healing for what was a physical had to come through creating community, through creating collective and through the lessons that the wisdom of the feminine brought, mm. which for me, that was one of the most powerful teachings of that time. And isn't it apropos that we met through a collective of women yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. sitting side by side and we probably spent like maybe 24 hours, maybe not even together, right. but there was an imprint that was made in a short time. And so if you can imagine how we can extrapolate that in closer connection with other women, it's that mastermind that I was a part of was the reason why I went on to launch my own mastermind and change my whole, you know, way of building business because I had tried for so long, we came out of corporate and I was like, I can do this by myself. I want to do this by myself and I needed to prove something. And looking back now, I can see it, you know, seeing it as a weakness to try to partner with somebody or to ask for help. Whereas now I couldn't do it without the support, without the collective. Yes. And yes. so how, what do you do and tell us about how you continue to invest in bringing community together for you? How do you actively and intentionally do that for yourself and in your business? Mm, yes. So much of what I do really in the world and how I try to be, like how I try to be in my body in the world is to reconnect to the sort of anthropological roots of like thinking of what are we made for ancestrally? Mm -hmm. like what are we made to do? How are we made to experience the world? And an enormous amount of that is to, I invest money, right? I pay money to be in experiences where I am physically around other women. That is one. 
So mm-hmm. I pay and for most of mine, those are business masterminds, which your listeners, I hope are already like, they already know they listen to you. They know the value of this. And I also know that enormous part of that is that I had to step out of what I was taught about mm-hmm. being open and vulnerable with other women and just continue to make connections when it feels uncomfortable. And I'm not even saying to take you and I as an example, I'm not saying it was uncomfortable for us to stay connected, but it could be just as easy to say, I'm not just going to, I'm just not, oh, cool. I'm watching her stories. I don't have to send her a message, but instead of I'm thinking about you, I'm thinking about you. This is amazing. The work you do in the world is amazing. I spend a lot of time saying things that are true mm. to women because I know they don't see them in their se- in themselves. And you are so good at that. Like you just drop in with a voice note every so often and you're like, yeah. do you know that blah, blah, blah. And you're, you're very specific about what it is that I've just said or sharing. You're not just like, it's a throwaway. Like I'm just going to pay a compliment. And even paying a compliment like that, as vague as it might be, is positive. But you're very specific and you drop in and it's like, I needed to hear that today. And it's just, it's really powerful. That's why I said your energy and your, yeah, just your vibe is just not just a high vibe. It's pure and it's with intention. It's yes, really unique, Leah. It is. And so that moment that I was talking about where I'm like on the floor and I heard this, (laughs) you'll be on your knees. One of the first things, I'm not even kidding. One of the first things that I did when I came out of this I am not a person who's ever written thank you notes. I just, I didn't grow up in a family that did. It wasn't taught Mm. to me. But the first thing I did is I went and bought note cards and I wrote a note to every woman in my life and told them exactly why I love them and exactly what I loved about them. Mm. And consciously cultivated those connections. And I would say that's the biggest thing that I continue to do is to consciously cultivate Mm. that. And that's what I bring into my business too, because I want to have that for people. I think one-on-one opportunity to be one-on-one with someone is still an opportunity to be in community, right? Which is great. But for me to be in group, to be with Mm. other people so I've added in things that are don't feel like they should have anything to do with what it's about. For example, if it's about detoxing your home and getting toxic chemicals out of your home, I still might do moon circles. Yes. <laughs> like something to bring us yeah. together in ways that we mm-hmm. would have done. And just to try mm-hmm. to help all of us and me mostly <laughs> remember <laughs> our true nature right? Remember our true nature and remember the ancestral wisdom that our bodies hold and our body, mind, soul. I don't think of them as separate. So them all together, right? That they hold and allowing us to share what each of us have learned so that we don't have to. That's, I would say that really is one of the big things. We don't always have to go through an experience for the lesson we can observe others who've gone through that experience. We can listen Mm -hmm. to the wisdom that they have. And that's a huge part for me of continuing to be in community is the story sharing. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so many of us carry around sister wounds and, and that's been a lot of learning for me over the last 18 months or so and joining another mastermind and just really seeing the power of sharing vulnerably and starting to heal that and really work on that, not just in a business context, but then personally and, and it's ongoing, right? If it's something that I've lived with for ever 30 years or maybe longer, then it's something right. that's not going to be in 18 months all, all fixed either. Yes. Yeah. But it's just, it never even really dawned on me. When it first hit me in the face, it, it was really shocking. I was, I was quite upset about it because I was like, that I realized that the female relationships that I'd had for my whole life were not quite as deep as I wanted them to be or rich. And I'd stayed so surface level for so long that I was like, okay, no more of that. <laughs> Absolutely. Suzanne, I'm, I'm so with you. And that really what it's shocking now to look at my life and imagine that was that it is not what it was. Because it's exactly right. This the wounds of oh, you're not included or mm. betrayal or mm. that could have happened at the age of five and six years old, or that could be ancestral wounds that happened to our yeah. mothers and our grandmothers, mm. and that we carry with us epigenetically yeah. even. And yeah. the only way is through that, right? Yeah. It means examining it. It means becoming conscious of it, so that we can then create new stories mm. for our legacy, for our yeah. grandchildren, for our great grandchildren that we will never meet, but who will hold an epigenetic signal, literally like a little, I think of like epigenetics, like a little volume button, Yeah, yeah. like a little volume button on the power of community and collective and what it will do for their bodies and how it will calm mm. their nervous system mm. will be already turned on. Like they won't yeah. need to yeah. do that work in the same way that we will have had to do it. Yeah. And for us, it's a rewiring. It's a new story to tell ourselves. So I want you, and I know I've talked about this in another episode somewhere a little bit about epigenetics, but I want you to tell people, because there's going to be people who are like, what are who? They're off, off yes. Googling what epigenetics is. Can you yes. tell us more? Because I find it so fascinating when it comes to the nervous system and also coming from unveiling and revealing some traumas that I think that I never knew I even had. And I've created a whole branch of work in my program energy code off of the basis of the fact that we behave in a certain way that we don't know we're behaving sometimes, not just because of a big T trauma that's happened, something that my grandmother experienced or my dad yep. who sailed across the ocean immigrating and back and back. And so I'll yes. try to explain, can you describe to us or explain in, in the best of your ability what epigenetics is? Yes, yes, absolutely. Honestly, until about 15 years ago, the belief about our physical bodies was that we have genes and genes are fixed and they went to map genetics and they were like, okay, we're going to map these genetics and this is going to be amazing. Turns out so when it comes to our genetics, when you actually look at our genetic code, just genes, we actually are about the complexity of a fruit fly. <laughs> so it turns out that actually our genes are expressed through the experiences we have 
And part of that is, I won't get into the details, but it works by like how proteins interact with our genes and how bacteria in the body interact to activate certain proteins or not. Mm. So at that point, suddenly things started shifting. Research started shifting. And I think probably one of the most fascinating studies is an animal study, but it's just so amazing to think about when you think about this. And so mammalian, these are mammalian studies where they will take a generation and they're using mice in these, in this research, Mm. they take a generation and they expose them to the smell of cherry. Mm. And during this time, they also have deprivation. They're depriving them of food. Mm. Poor little mites, but no, but okay. But the research, the the research, (laughs) yes. Seven generations of mice later, what they do is expose them to the scent of cherry. And these are mice that did not know the other mice, right? These are (laughs) not like they're like, hey, that cherry, be careful for that cherry. We're not having cultural stories here. Although that's always going to play a role in epigenetics too. And those mice behave in a way where they immediately act in stress. They smell the exact same smell that seven generations before someone smelled and what their ancestors smelled and they act in stress. They start to get really like fidgety, uncomfortable. Mm. They can no longer eat. And what we see is that when you start to think of what this means for humans, there has been a wisdom that has existed in a lot of cultures about seven generations later, the actions Mm. that we take matter. Mm. And it turns out, That is essentially what epigenetics is, that we can literally carry with us a switch that has either been turned on or turned off on the genes that we already have. A certain illness, for example, if someone experiences stress, if our grandmothers experienced stress during, say, the Great Depression, in the United States or the Dust Bowl, and I know Canada had it, so a, a version of this as well, then we there was a switch somewhere in their genetics. And that genetics varies a little bit depending on your own ancestry, your family, et cetera. That switch has already been turned on when we are born. And now that Absolutely. doesn't mean, the, the amazing thing about epigenetics is that means all of this is mutable, right? It's all changeable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have the ability to do these amazing things with our bodies simply by changing our minds, our physical environments. But it does mean that we can carry with us the wounds that our female lines, our mm-hmm. male lines, but especially our female lines because our mitochondrial DNA is carried down through our women's lines. And our mitochondrial DNA are some of the most important things in the body. They are an ancient bacteria that are now the powerhouses of the cell. They're the main communicator in our cells. They can replicate. They can create more of themselves. They tell our bodies what to do. They signal our genes. 
And that comes mostly through all of the mitochondrial DNA comes through our female line. But because of that, so much of our epigenetics are carried mm. down our female line. And that's true for men too. In other words, it comes from, yeah, their mother. from their mother. That is coming from their mother's line. Wow. Little T, big T traumas can pass down into the way our genes are expressed today. Yeah. Which is, is pretty just, amazing. it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. It really is. And I'm sure there are so many extrapolations of it. I think often and talk about often with clients and in my programs about the behavioral aspect of it when it comes to the things and traits that we do that mess up our businesses and that's create procrastination and all these different yes. things when it, and when you peel it back and peel it back and peel it back you look at abandonment issues and you look at like safety and things like that that mm. regulate so much of our nervous system and that's usually what's happening underneath yes but then I have clients who are like but why I had a normal upbringing or I and then so revealing that it's not necessarily something that's happened in your lifetime is absolutely mind-blowing it's mind-blowing yes I was just having a conversation with a with a client actually about money when we Mm. obviously in business we talk about you're helping people you're helping women to regulate their own nervous systems around money and sometimes those money stories aren't ours and so the conversation we were having is about grandparents who came out of a uh, maybe a great depression era Mm -hmm. in which they had nothing so now when we get something when we get money we are so uncomfortable with it Mm. because we don't have safety like money doesn't necessarily give us safety because we never had it so we try to get rid of it not consciously no (laughs) (laughs) Uh, poor spending or not learning not understanding the difference between say actually being profitable and just making money or something like that. Yeah. It shows up for us in ways that we often don't see until we do the work to look. Yeah. Yeah. And it's probably the the most powerful thing I think in the work that I do, because it, once you reveal it and once you start to actually remap the subconscious and rewiring and telling yourself new stories and working on that energetic side of things when it comes to the nervous system, then the stuff that we've been all doing in our businesses, the strategy, the everything else just starts to land a lot faster. That's why the results can be really fast because all of a sudden there's this increased capacity to hold more money, to hold more time. I talk about energetic capacity. It's just, it is, it is fascinating. And I, I've had to make it a part of, of all of my programs because without it, and for a long time, and I'll be honest, I only taught strategy because I was doing the healing myself. I wasn't in a position where I knew how to, I wasn't integrated enough that I could teach it, but I was like yes. uh, a year ago, I'm like, okay, no more teaching of anything. I've got to learn how to integrate this because without it, it's a game changer, but it's a game stopper because I had so many mm-hmm. smart women, whatever number of degrees came out of corporate and they're like, why can't I do this thing? Why? What's my problem? Yes. When I'm shoving strategy down their, down her throat only. And then she's still not. So Absolutely. it ha- has to be a part of everything we do. And the incredibly powerful thing 
is again, you might come in with a little genetic dial that just turned up to 11, let's say, turned all the way up on <laughs> scarcity or notions of scarcity. And mm -hmm. that could be around money. It could be around time. It could be around whatever. The awareness, mm -hmm. simply the awareness can be like, and that can flip yeah. the switch. That yeah. can be yeah. what then rewrites the story. And the story is within us, not mm -hmm. only in neural pathways, but in our, it lives in our fascia. Mm -hmm. Like it lives <laughs> within the layers of our body. They, they mm -hmm. are electrically communicating with every mm. part of our body. And so those stories live within us. As soon as we find awareness, we start to shift what mm. is going on in the experience of body, mind, soul. And then yeah. that can just shift just like that. It really can. Yeah. yeah. And that's when people talk about quantum leaps and all that kind of stuff. That little yep. bloop that you just said, that little drop, that awareness. And that's why the actual I don't know, solutions or the mm -hmm. uh, practices and things like that are not actually all that complicated. When it's say re rewriting the subconscious, it's not actually all that complicated. It's a, right. It takes consistency and it takes practice. And But the triggers can be loud and numerous on a daily basis, depending on what the, what the triggers might be when it comes to scarcity. Many people live mm -hmm. in scarcity and don't know it. Yeah, yeah, it's just absolutely fascinating. So would you say this is a part of what you call rewilding. Tell us about rewilding mm. as it, as it comes for your business. Yes. The term rewild is a term that ecologists use to talk about taking an environment that has been destroyed mm. and then returning the habitat to its natural ecosystem. And so what I started to see is that we have a series of things that we bring with us. Some of them are ancestral mm. that we carry. Many of them are ones we carry from cultural perceptions and roles that we play. And they're all things that we start to, we layer these things on to ourselves. And what happens is we unknowingly begin to destroy our habitat, right? The habitat that we really mm -hmm. came into this world in. I think of the body, body, mind, soul is an ecosystem. And so rewilding really means how can we peel away the layers of everything that's unnatural to us? Because those stories aren't natural to us. They came from an experience that someone had, right? That is not what it would have looked like for our ancestors 10,000 yeah. years ago. So it's about how can we peel away the as many things as possible that aren't us so that then our bodies, our minds, our souls can get back to the business of healing, which is what they do naturally, right? An ecosystem left unimpeded exists and heals. Animals unless they receive an injury, animals don't get disease unless mm. they're in disturbed ecosystems, right? Yeah. Unless they interact with the quote modern world. I love the idea of returning to the wildness that already lives within us because it does, it's there and it's in every way. And that means a lot of different things. Like for me, that means uh, I watch the sunset every night because 
I know that our bodies learned to be cued for sleep based on being outside, which is the environment that we spent, that we were in for 99.9% of the existence of humanity. (laughs) But now we spend 99% of our time inside our homes. So there's things like that. And then there are things like, how can I rewrite the stories that are really just the stories that are the layers that aren't me? Mm -hmm. I can peel that away and get back to the me that's in there. And when I do, that will heal. Exactly what we were saying. Once we can be aware, for example, of a scarcity story and we get that switch, the healing starts to happen because we're becoming whole again. We're not being dismembered. We're not being pulled apart. We can return to who we actually are. So rewilding is a reset for our ecosystems that begins by removing. I think removing, surrendering, letting go is an art. And Mm -hmm. it is a lost art, but it really is. And cultures around the world have had rituals around doing this forever, but Mm -hmm. we are a consumer culture and we've been taught to keep adding more things. Mm -hmm. Let's do more. I need to do more. And an analogy I like to give is I live at the beach and there was an oil spill about Mm -hmm. 10 years ago. And there were pelicans, they were covered in oil. This pelican would be healthy were it not for this thing that is literally now on it, right? Its ecosystem was destroyed. It is sick. That moment is not the moment when you're like, here, have a green juice. This will make you feel better. (laughs) It's not always about adding or doing more to heal. Sometimes it's about peeling away and getting rid of all Mm. the things that aren't meant to be there. And that's why Mm. I fell in love with the term rewilding because that's what it is about. Every time ecologists go into these environments to do it, they're like, how can we restore what was already there and what was destroyed by simply removing the things getting in the way of planet earth, mother earth, getting back to the business of becoming herself. Wow, I've just made a connection between, because I always thought of and think of low-tox living and removing the things that are killing us and effectively in our environments as a preventative strategy for disease, environmental, but I never made the connection between the removing of all of these things with the ability to get closer to who you are. Absolutely. Because women in business and my listeners are always, there's this coming back to who we've always become, we've always been, but also as a part of our evolution and who we are becoming. And I guess I always parked it over in another, a different lane. Yeah. Yeah. In a different lane and never made that, that connection. Yes. Absolutely. And you and I both do, and you do so much of this with the women you work with too, the nervous system regulation. And Mm. what, because I think of our bodies as our bodies only exist in an ecosystem, right? They only exist in an environment because that is every, that is wildlife around the world. And we are wildlife, right? We live in bodies that developed over millennia in the wild and our physiology 
the physiology, the way the brain works within that is the same. It's, it is the same. We have that ancestral way of being within us. So when we are in environments that are not natural, mm. so that could be one with a lot of chemicals. And that was mm -hmm. for me, that, that is what it turned out to be. I not yeah. only had mold toxicity, I was also in a very chemically heavy household. Like I was mm. surrounded by some of the over 100,000 chemicals that are in our society. When yeah. we're in that environment, our nervous system doesn't know the difference between the stress of a work call and the stress mm. of a chemical. Like our nervous mm. system only knows danger, right? Our nervous system, yeah. and it's trying to protect us. It's yeah. giving us this. It's giving us this so that we can get ourselves out of the situation. But unfortunately, mm. when we are in something that has become so normal that it's now invisible, mm. we don't even know that our ecosystems are playing a role anymore. So that marks the end of part one with my interview with Leah Picard. Join us next week for part two, where she's going to dive into how you can actually integrate rewilding into your own life. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Zero Wasted Days podcast. I truly hope you found it to be valuable and inspirational as you work to create a life by your own design. I would love you to rate and review this episode to let everyone else know about it and help me share this important message with the world. All you need to do is screen grab your review, share it on socials, and tag me in to win a $100 Airbnb voucher that I'll be giving away every single month.